Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Doug Vermal, CEO and founder of Stable Insurance, an insure tech company that recently raised $3.7 million in funding. Doug, thanks for chatting with me today. Hey, Brett. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so before we begin talking about what you're building at Stable, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Yeah, so I used to be an attorney, worked in the insurance space, but more from a technology angle, so doing things like data security, IP, contract review. And this kind of leads right into what I was doing at Stable. I did not enjoy being an attorney. Loved the people that I worked with, loved the company that I worked with, loved going to law school, but I realized very quickly that needed the actual I guess, legal trade was not one I wanted to be in long-term for the rest of my life. So started looking around for different options of things to try out. Randomly started a fleet of rideshare vehicles in New York City with a friend of mine. We were early on users of Uber when they came to New York. Uh, talked to a lot of drivers, kind of understood the market and just decided we would test out this idea of building a small fleet to rent out to rideshare vehicles in New York City. And it kind of took off from there. As we were growing that, we could not find an insurance solution that met all the needs that we had. Uh, So we were putting a lot of technology into the vehicles, capturing data directly from Uber and Lyft to understand how our drivers were using the vehicles, using telematics, dash cams, things like that. And there wasn't an insurance product that uh, would pay us for all the investment and loss control that we were putting in. So Stable was born out of creating a solution for the problem that we had as a fleet. Interesting. And can you dive into the technology that powers Stable and explain that a little bit? Yeah. So for the most part, it's data capture. So we're just trying to capture as much data as we can from different sources. So whether that's from the rideshare platforms themselves, whether that's from the vehicles, telematics or dash cam related data. And the way we think of it is, so typically the way an insurance product is built and priced is based off of a lack of information. So actuarial science came about because of this lack of information, you're trying to fit the information that you have into a larger picture of how to price out a large group of risks. Our view is we actually have all this data in real time to apply to how to price this risk uh, for each individual driver. And in fact, for each individual segment of work that they're doing. So you, if you wanted to break it down to the minute, you could do that. That doesn't really make that much sense to do so. So we still do it kind of in larger groups. But what we're trying to do is replace some of the guesswork with real-time data that we're collecting from these platforms. And so the way we've packaged that is instead of selling it to an insurance company, what we built is features that we saw the rideshare community needed and uh, determined that we would build our own product on top of the data that we were collecting and the analysis that we were doing. Got it. And who's that typical customer for you then? Is it the individual driver with you know one car or is it fleet owners with 10 cars? Yeah, so to start with, it's individual owner-operators. That's definitely the larger market here in the U.S. as far as gig economy and rideshare work is concerned. We do have a fleet product that we're working on for rideshare. So it'd still be priced per individual driver, but selling to the actual fleets themselves. And then the way we look at expanding our insurance product out is we look at any vehicle owner that's monetizing their vehicle on a platform like Uber or Lyft or like Turo or GetAround or like any of the delivery platforms. We just see more and more of the logistics taking place on platforms like this, being matched in marketplaces like this. And any platform like that that we can plug into, we can actually pull that real-time data from and then create an insurance product based on real-time pricing rather than uh, mostly actuarial work. 
Got it. And how important is cooperation with Uber, Lyft, all these platforms in what you're doing? It's definitely important the smaller they are. So Uber and Lyft are large enough where there's other platforms that actually aggregate that data for us, mainly a company called Argyle. So we get most of our data through their platform and the work that they do with Uber and Lyft. But definitely smaller platforms and even companies like Get Around, which are relatively big, but are kind of looking for insurance solutions. The harder it is for you to find a product for their user base, for the supply of vehicles that they have, the more willing they are to share data with us to then apply to our underwriting models. Interesting. And for rideshare owners right now or rideshare drivers now, what does the typical insurance product look like? And why is that broken? Yeah. So typically what you have seen is a personal auto product that has what's known as a rideshare endorsement or a rideshare rider. And the reason that we've seen a lot of personal auto policies kind of take this space is because they are personally owned vehicles. And so at the onset, so back in the early 2010s, if your insurance company knew you were doing rideshare or found out you were doing rideshare, they'd just terminate your policy or void it out, cancel it. That market grew large enough where the insurance companies realized they had to offer something or they were going to be canceling out a lot more policies than they were probably comfortable with. And so they created this kind of like set aside option um, known as the rideshare rider, rideshare endorsement. And it really didn't fill the actual gaps in coverage that you would take on as a rideshare driver. So the additional risk that you were taking on. So thinking of things like if your vehicle's in an accident, a lot of these drivers live pretty hand to mouth. And so they need some type of loss of use or income replacement option, which isn't standard in a personal auto auto policy. We reward our drivers for uh, using dash cams. We think it's kind of the number one way for you to protect yourself and, and get real evidence as to who's at fault. And so regardless if you are at fault in this accident or not, we buy down your deductible as long as we have that dash cam footage. Um, so if you have a $1,000 deductible, typically we'll give you a $0 deductible as long as we have that dash cam footage. So it's really just thinking about what specific risks are you taking as a rideshare driver? And and a lot of them are around you doing a lot more miles than kind of a civilian driver, sometimes Mm -hmm. as much as 50 to 75,000 miles a year that you're doing as a rideshare driver. And how can we protect you for those risks and how to protect your income and this vehicle that you're using to generate income for yourself? Interesting. And when it comes to market categories, how do you think about that? Is this a new market category that you're creating? Does this you know, chip into an existing one? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, there's kind of two ways we think about this as far as like creating a new category. The first one is, I kind of mentioned it earlier, there are these platforms being created to allow somebody to use, you know, what typically would have been a commercial vehicle. And now it's kind of a hybrid, right? Sometimes they're using it for personal use. Sometimes they're using it for commercial use. So how do we think about this person who is now using this vehicle for not only commercial work, but personal work and potentially multiple types of commercial work, whether it's car share, delivery or ride share or something that we haven't even hasn't even been created yet as far as like a platform is concerned. So really, this is a new mobility option that we think about. But then When we think about the individual person that owns that vehicle, or if it's even a small fleet that owns a number of vehicles, a lot of the financial services products, whether they're insurance or banking, um, or just like even analytics suites, really aren't built for these small users. So a lot of the data we collect, we can give back to our users in the form of analytics they find useful. And so we think about kind of creating more of like a full dashboard or control center whether it's, a like I said, a small uh, fleet or an individual owner-operator, just to help them run their small business better. Because in essence, that's what these users are. If you are an individual owner-operator, you are you are running a small business the way you file your taxes. This is as if you were a small business. 
And so there's not really a suite of tools available. So we started with the insurance. That was actually the most difficult one. And we felt like what would give us a wedge in the marketplace. But we hope to follow up with additional tools that these users need, whether they are lending or banking products, or maybe more health and life insurance related products, and definitely all the analytics that we can give them through our platform. Got it. In that first part, what was the name of that category that you think it's going to become? Was it mobility insurance or what's the term? I think it's just mobility tools overall. So allowing somebody to kind of take an asset that they have that they may either use partially for personal use or partially for commercial, or maybe they're not using it at all. That's kind of the case in car share, right? You use your car about 5% of the time out of a 24-hour day. And so can you kind of put this on a network to generate income for you while you're not using it? Uh, So just new mobility is kind of how we think of it. Got it. And I know you just mentioned that you launched in a new state today. So congrats for that. And how much traction have you seen and how many other states are you currently in? Yeah, so so this is actually our second state overall, but our first state with our own product. So without getting too much into the weeds, insurance is heavily regulated. So there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through as a company. So we actually started as a broker in New York, in New York City primarily. And that was another product that we were selling for a third-party insurance company. But in Illinois now, we've launched our own product that took us roughly about a year to build overall. But then within the last 90 days or so, we've kind of put all the technology and the filing together, things like that. So Illinois is kind of, this is is a pretty big day for us just having our own product live uh, officially in Illinois. Every state that we go into, we have to go get a Department of Insurance approval to do that. So we will hopefully be in another four states by the end of this year, most likely Texas, Arizona, Georgia, and Tennessee. And then the two big ones for us next year are California and Florida. So our sites are set on those for 2023. And from a regulatory standpoint, do you have to start from scratch every time you go to a new state? Is it a totally different process or is some of that work you know, already done when you move into a different state? It's kind of dependent upon the state. So California and New York are difficult states, even though they have a lot of population. So they're ones you definitely want to get into. Arizona, for instance, which most likely will be our second state, what we've built in Illinois, uh, we will mostly use in Arizona. So maybe on average, I would say use about 80% of the work that you've done putting the policy, like the underlying pricing and insurance language together for each additional state. Got it. And what's the traction been like so far with users? And what's been the kind of response so far? Yeah, so we have over a thousand users on just our data product. And so that's something that we give out for free. The main thing it does right now is pull data from your Uber and Lyft accounts and some of the delivery accounts that you work on and lets you kind of compare earnings. And so we've had that live for about six months or so and have built up kind of a a wait list. We've been using that to kind of build a wait list of users as we go into new states. We are just officially live. We had a couple test policies that we wrote in June. So a little bit more to come, I think, throughout the month on how Illinois is looking for us. But we had a nice wait list there. And so we're seeing some nice traction already today. Very cool. And if we zoom out into the future, let's say, you know, three or five years, what's the future of Stable look like? Kind of going to what I said earlier, just kind of creating additional tools for users in this space. So we like to think of our customers as partners uh, in what we're building. And so what we've heard from that community, from the rideshare community uh, and the carshare community, is the need for additional tools to help them run their businesses better. And so in the next three to five years, we hope to be able to stand up some banking and lending products, some life and health products for whether they're fleet owners giving incentives to the people that they're renting out to or just an individual owner-operator, and then definitely continuing to build out the analytics suite and the the ability to help from a software perspective uh, for these users. Very exciting. Well, Doug, I think that's all we're going to have time to cover for today. Before we wrap, if people want to follow along with the stable journey, where should they go? 
Yeah, you can follow us on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. On Twitter, it's at, uh, covered by Stable LinkedIn. If you just search Stable Insurance, you'll find us on there. Uh, you can go to our website, stableins, short for insurance.com. We're pretty active on both of those social media channels. And uh, yeah, you can kind of see where we're launching next and what, what products we're, uh, we're pushing out. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Doug, and wish you the best of luck in executing on this vision. Cool. Thanks so much for having me on, Brett. Yeah, talk soon. Bye. Bye.